Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Mm-hmm. 10 a.m. Doorbell rings. I'm like, what? Hello? <laughs> is, that, is that actually how you answer the door? What? Mm-hmm. I've got Asian beetles. How do you get beetles from Asia in uh, Orono? They look like ladybugs, but they're brown that's, and they stink. That's racist. Mm-hmm. Doorbell rings again. Some old guy came back to pick up his book. He dropped off a book to me one day. He's like, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean some old guy dropped a book? Is that a euphemism? Mm-hmm. I was outside one day and he's like, you want to learn about this area? I'm like, sure, why not? And he went and got me a book. You went, need to get out of that town pronto. No. Mm-hmm. So did the old winner's underwear run. <laughs> someone called. Wait, like, hold. At least seven people have called me on that. Mm-hmm. Sean, would you ever shop for underwear at a winner's? Well, you know what? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. I, think I would. Because it's just slightly wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe there'll be a midget and a, a man with gigantism. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these. <laughs> You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast. Presented by our good friends at Coors Light. I notice when she says Lisa Laflamme, she says Lisa Laflamme. Dance. Dance. The Jay and Dan podcast for the week of April 2nd, 2018. Never, from day to day, I have no clue what the date is. Except for April 1st. That's right. I knew that. But if someone, like uh, by Wednesday, someone will say, what's oh, the date? I'll be like, uh, no August chance. 10th? No I don't chance. know. From, yeah, I know the first of the month, kind of the end of the month, but not even really that. But in between those two, I have zero <laughs> clue what's going on. None. No clue what day it is. I don't, like, day of the week is often a tricky one for me. Because, like, Monday to Thursday, I'm like, what, what day is this? I have no I have no idea. Weekends, I'm pretty alert. <laughs> I'm pretty with it on the weekends. Hey, uh, I mentioned Lisa LaFlamme off oh, that, yeah. uh, that fantastic uh, intro that Christoph put together here on the Jay and Dan podcast, presented by Coors Light. Well, guess what? Lisa LaFlamme is our guest on this podcast, and uh, might as well just give it away. We just did the interview, because she had to run, so we, we pre-taped the interview, so we're going to play that for you later. Man, she was awesome. She was fantastic. That's right. So um, a lot of uh, newsies may be listening to the podcast for the first time. So Is sorry. That newsies, that's like the musical. They're wearing those newsboy caps. They're like, hey, I want to hear the news from Lisa. Hey. I got to listen to this. Get the evening edition of the Tribune here. Dewey defeats Truman. <laughs> hear about it on the CTV National News with Lisa LaFam later on your local CTV station. So she... Yeah, amazing. I won't. You want to listen to this? Anyway. It has changed my life. It was a winner. All the interviews we've done on this podcast before this, bitch, absolute piles. <laughs> now we're stepping our game up big time. That's right. We're big only time. going for big news news people now. <laughs> big news people. <laughs> he drinks at lunch time. Someone sent me that because I Instagram out a picture on uh, Friday. Okay, up. Up. It was like uh, 1.30 or 2 in the afternoon. I said, hey, good Friday. And I put a picture of uh, my, a Caesar. I, my Caesar. Oh, Caesar. Paint. Yeah. And uh, so so what's your acceptable time to start drinking? Not on a weekend. On a weekend, I feel like it can kind of be 11 if you want. 
But on a weekday when you have to work, what's your acceptable time to start? <laughs> Zero. Drinking? What, you don't have any booze before work? Uh, Not like a ton of it. No, I'll have like a glass of wine with dinner. Right. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so last week on one of our conference calls, we have a conference call at 5.30 local for the show where we talk about the subjects that we're going to discuss on the TV show, etc. And Dan and I are on the phone. So I'm on the phone and I always go up to our bedroom so that I can get away from my wife and daughter because they'll they'll make it very distracting. My and wife. You'll hear all about it. So so I say, I'm, I need a few moments for me. I'm going up to the bedroom. I bring a glass of wine up, put it on my bedside table, and uh, we have our conference call. Well, last week at one point, and you heard it, it sounded like I was in a car accident because my bedside table tipped forward, tipped over, too much weight in the top. Too many books on the top, not enough on the bottom. Tip forward, glass of wine goes crashing on the floor, smashes everywhere. But when I got to work later, they were like, were you in an accident? I was like, no, my glass of wine splashed. They're like, you drink at 5.30? I'm like, it's like a one glass, maybe two glasses of wine with dinner. Like, is that a... Like, you where, where are we? Yeah. Like, Siberia? Is this China? Like, what the hell? Of course, Yes. Yeah, that's what I'd, I would be having a glass of wine at the same time because every my, my kids, it's going to be ingrained in their memory. That conference call, that phone sits on the table every uh, night at dinner. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so we have to they have to listen to the conference call while we're chowing down on some great grub that I cooked up. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, a glass of wine with dinner—that's just that's standard. That's just, I mean, that that's just civilized. That's just a civilized way of living your life. I, I can't believe you. What, you drink a glass of wine? What? I know. Then I send out a picture of like a Caesar at 2 o'clock on a Friday when I'm off. And yeah, people are like, oh, I'm, I'm, I, got the, I had one. Then we went to the park. But then when you... Oh, when, I should have... Traveler Caesars. Those are pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> but you could have a can of Mott's Clamato and then just a small like <laughs> airport bottle of vodka with you and pour it in. Daddy, can we play... Ca- I'm making my drink. Daddy needs his rimmer. <laughs> Get Daddy his rimmer. But Daddy, I need help on the swings. <laughs> Shut up. Need second Caesar. <laughs> but here's my question for you. When you go to the doctor, I'm always, like, whenever I go to the doctor, every time they always say, okay, and do you drink? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, how many drinks do you have per week? They always ask that, right? And, how and, many drinks do you have per week? And here's the window. What, one to two or 800? Yeah. You're like, no, well, exactly. Can I, can no, I for me, they're drink? like, they, they never, they always just give it to me open-ended. And I lie every time. I slice it in a, like, by a third they probably do the math. Like I say, because if I thought about it, minimum, minimum, if you just say the two glasses of wine at dinner, I'm having 14 drinks a week. That sounds like a lot to a doctor, right? When you said that. Now, clearly I'm drinking more on the weekend. So let's up it to 20 realistically. So I'm having 20 alcoholic drinks per week. Welcome to my world. <laughs> it doesn't sound like to me, I feel like I don't have a problem at all. That's just a normal way of living in our current society as a 43-year-old Do you have this discussion man. with the doctor this in-depth? No, you, no, I lie. Or you say 10. I lie, exactly. I lie and I say like, eh, five. Like I say five. I should say more. You're right. They see right through that. They're like, you, man. You have more than that. Look at you. Look at your face. That's a face of a man who has way more red wine than did I tell Bye. you I, I showed up to get some wine? The liquor store's gone. Closed. So we need to just give everyone a bit of a backstory here of all the all the businesses that are closing in your hometown your new hometown of Orono uh, since you've arrived. 
dollar store, which was next to the, the liquor store, gone. Uh, LCBO, you see ya. Uh, the, uh, the insurance agency, bye-bye. I'm the f***ing mayor. CIBC next door. CIBC in September. So long, cowboy. So long. Like, everyone's leaving. What's left? The library with the creepy old man and the bakery. Hey, yeah, you got the Orono General Store. They do a great job. You got the salon. Get my hair cut there. The, the flower shop. Oh, there's a flower shop? Yeah. I think Fresh flowers? Or do they just oh, go outside great. and clip dandelions? I go there every week. I get uh, flowers for the house. Really? Yep. Just pick them up and put like, together a little... Say, give me like a, a bouquet? Give me whatever give 50 me bucks Dan's worth of flowers bouquet. look like. And then they're like, yeah, oh, there you go. Right. They give you like three flowers. And no, like, no, That's it. And you're like, really? Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow, I'm impressed. You're very, oh. very much a homemaker. And then there's another convenience store. So there's a battle of two convenience stores. Now one of those is dropping out because you can't have two of those there. Oh, but, and, but uh, can we just, oh, before we, but can we talk about the library again? Because last week when you discussed the library, you described it as an old house with an old man or something like that. No, not an old house. <laughs> just it was, regular people inside. You, you put a, you put a picture up. I don't know what it was on Instagram or Instagram, Instagram stories. It, it's a beautiful old century home, like a massive century home. Like that's how you describe it. Not yeah, it's an old house, like a shed, and a man <laughs> has a few books in there. Come on, and you go be in. Fun. And so I like, undersold it. That's good. Yeah, you want some books? Come on in. Come get my books. No, no men work there. Come get, come get my books from me. I have to go there tomorrow. Return my Burt Reynolds book. Finally finished it. Took a while. A lot of, uh, you, if, in case people are wondering, Dan crushing a sub from a not-to-be-revealed sub shop. Men feed my mouth. Uh, how is Bert, it? I don't know if Bert got tired of writing the book, but at the end he's like, yeah, I went through a lot of bankruptcies and lost everything. And then, yeah, But see you later. He like put it in one <laughs> Tried paragraph. Tried to gloss over the most interesting part where he lost his fortune. Yeah. Many times over. I actually feel really bad for Bert. He should have millions. I know I've talked about this before. It just bothers me when someone that famous and talented loses everything. He could be like, I know he won't be destitute because he's got someone in Hollywood who will look after him. Yeah, he had, to, he had to sell a bunch of memorabilia, he mentions, because uh, of a divorce settlement. Lonnie. Lonnie took it all. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Lonnie in her prime. You would have given up everything for it. And um, I, I Instagram storied a quote from Bird in that. He talked about uh, the defunct what, USFL. Yes, uh, the Tampa Bay Bandits, right? Yeah. And he said how Donald Trump came in and he's like, man, I have nothing against the guy, but uh, I always held on to my wallet whenever he shook my hand. <laughs> and then he also said um, he ruined that league if Donald Trump... Uh, was not part of it. It would still be going, which I highly doubt. Yeah, that's he said not Donald true. Trump just wanted to get his hands on it because he's like, oh, they'll turn this into an NFL team and I'll have an NFL team. And he uh, and he put a quote in there. He said, every time Donald Trump runs for president, I fear that uh, I I hope he doesn't get in because I don't want him to do what to the USA what he did to the USFL. Wow! If only Bert could have ha- had a few words with America, uh, things might have turned out differently. Yeah. But then it would be kind of boring. Oh, it's real fun with Trumpy. <laughs> His, keeping everything in the White House in tippy-top shape. <laughs> tippy-top. Tippy-top shape. Like, what? A, oh, God. I don't know. How was your Easter? Uh, you went to uh, brunch, an exciting brunch? 
Yep. Mm. Not a lot to say about that. Yowzers. Yeah. Not, was, uh, not up to Dan's standards. Did they have Caesars to, for you? Not up to anyone's standards. Did they have Caesars? Not a Caesar, yeah. Okay. How's the Caesar? Delicious. Okay. Well, that's something. That's right. They know how to make a Caesar there. Okay. You did not go for brunch? No. I went for dim sum. Uh, we not not a tradition or anything. Just uh, went for dim sum. Uh, I think the listeners know I'm married to a Chinese Canadian woman, and so I went with my in-laws to the restaurant. How do you know it's a good uh, Cantonese restaurant? If I'm the only white guy there, which I was. Uh, so That's describe my for, determination. for a lot of I don't even know all the things that are included in a dim sum. It's a bunch of appetizers. Right? It's yeah. It's essentially it's it's small. It's small plates, a little bite size, and it's essentially like a breakfast, right? It's like a savory breakfast, but then they have sweets at the end, delicious sweets at the end. Like what uh, kind of sweets? Uh, like tarts, like little tar- little egg tarts we had, um, little uh, red bean paste sort of stuffed, uh, almost like turnovers, delicious. Uh, not like the, like not super sweet stuff, but sweet enough for me I, i'm not huge into sweets i like it i like all the seafood though the the shrimp the har gow and all the, i don't know everything i like clearly i just sit there and shut up and my mother-in-law just orders everything i don't know if you saw speaking of desserts but um new dessert trend at the o'toole's mccain deep and delicious cakes no nope. ruby o'toole on my side with cakes not a big fan yeah, I don't get it. Like, you you can't have had a good cake. Like, there's a million different types of cake. Uh, we're, now, are you we're including trying. cheesecakes in that? Car- uh, Carrot cake? No, no, I'm talking like birthday cakes. Just like, like a birth. So, like, you're talking like a grocery store birthday cake. I would... It's uh, it's hard to find a really good one of those. I I'm even talking do. ones from, like, bakeries and stuff. There's, they're all the same. No, just, no, not true, not okay. true. Well, I, I'm all I'm Okay, all I'm going to bring it. you a cake. Like, I like red velvet and um, carrot. Those are good. Cake, yeah. Uh, so you like those got cakes. The, it's uh, nice and moist. People yeah. love that word. Now, you need, raisin, you need raisins in the carrot cake, though. Not have the raisins in there. In there. Um, what about cupcakes? Where are you on that? Uh, no, same. You eat you, the top. What? You eat the top. And what? And you're like, ah, oh, there's sprinkles in L.A.? I still think about it every day. Nah. Uh, the trend that we do now, as oh, I was saying, so good. we uh, we get a couple of chocolate bars, cut them up into a bunch of pieces, then you, you have a little piece of crunchy, you have a little piece of a Twix. It's perfect, and it looks elegant. I don't know about elegant, but I'm with you on the flavor. Delicious. Nice to mix it up like that. But you could just simply get the small Halloween-sized ones if you wanted. Ah, this is better for the environment. One package <laughs> as opposed to ten. I will say that that I listened to Pat Thornton. Our friend Pat Thornton has a new comedy album out called Chicken, <laughs> named after his dog, whose dog's his dog's name is Chicken. And uh, he talks about his love of peanut butter and chocolate. And so you know how it is. You listen to someone do something, and you're like, you know what? I could use a, a Reese's peanut butter cup right now. So I go into the Shell station, buy work. I pull in. I go to get. So when we were kids, they were two. You got two. Now they're four. Those are the mega. Like, are those the mega? Because they didn't have any. They didn't have the three anymore. Yeah. So it's like we've all gotten, we're like, no, we need more cups. No, you're getting three ones. You're I three. need one more. Just one more peanut butter cup. So I had four peanut butter cups. Wow. I hated myself afterward. Uh, I looked in the mirror with, like, shame. Have you had Baskin-Robbins peanut butter chocolate ice cream? No, I haven't. On 
freaking oh, real. Oh, my golly, Jesus. Christoph, like, you've ever had that? I'm not into that. No, I have not. I'm not into peanut butter chocolate ice cream, peanut butter chocolate cakes. Just give me the peanut butter cups. I want a little taste of it. That's good enough for me. That's um, good enough for me. Speaking of peanut butter, debate in the O'Toole house over the weekend. Crunchy or smooth? Yeah, I'm a smooth guy. I understand the appeal of crunchy, but I like the smooth myself. Give it to me, crunchy. It's almost like over the top. If my daughter didn't like peanut butter, she wouldn't be with us to this day. That's really all she eats. <laughs> just right out of the jar in the morning, it just plop a jar of craft right in front of her, takes a big spoon, just eats half of it, and just dying me full. I'm like, good. And go outside and play. Does she do the, the peanut butter and banana? Uh, she No, no. Doesn't like fruit or vegetables. She's going to be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry That's about normal. that, guys. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah, and then I send her outside. I'm like, go play. She's like, there's no one here. <laughs> like, just find somebody. Daddy needs to go to sleep. Daddy needs his 11 a.m. wine. <laughs> I can't Get me my Pinot. The news are now. You know, so what did you do last night? Uh, some wine at 9? 9 p.m.? What? Are you crazy? Now, I am a little... Welcome to the hiccups. Brendan Halloran, our, our head writer on the show, and I are a bit concerned about your late night eating habits. We've discussed this with you before. And so last night you sent what felt like... To me, a shameful tweet. Yeah, I did not feel good at all. Uh, was that a cry for help, you might say? No. Um, easily explained. So I always have I always have like a pasta or something. You have like full meals yeah. at 1.30-ish, between 1.30 and Huge. 2 in the morning. Love it. It's my favorite. Big meals. It's my favorite. So I was going to have um, some of my chicken fingers, which we made last night. Pinty's chicken fingers? Oh, mwah. Hey. Pinties, come on board. They go nicely with Coors Light, the they, sponsor um, of this podcast. Not, not too much breading. Really like them. So I, I had some uh, leftover. I'm like, I ain't going to crush these when I get home. Uh, I get home to find that they're gone. Mm. Find it in the morning. Ruby O'Toole snatched those. Classic Ruby move right there. So I'm like, ah, I don't feel like doing a cheese tray. I don't want to heat anything up. So oh, there's a bag of ketchup chips. So I crushed that. After like, okay, eating- wait, large size bag? Like regular, regular size. No, no, wait. But, but not, 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 not like the, the snack pack. Not the snack size. Like no. a big bag. So I got... You're just like... Oh. Yeah. Oh, the, <laughs> every bite, I'm like, oh, why am I doing this? Why? But another one. Because it was Savory. Easter Sunday, so there was chocolate in there, yeah. chocolate in my belly. There was ham from the brunch, and then we had chicken fingers for mm-hmm, dinner. Mm-hmm. And Go on. Go oh, on. It was... I had some touch and go moments this morning. Yeah. Like oh, the kids are in like, the toilet. They're like, uh, let's go do something. I'm like, I can't wander far Leave from... Leave me here. <laughs> like, Don't look at me. I Get away. I can't wander far from the toilet at this moment. Get away. Okay. <laughs> Send help for daddy. Daddy, what's wrong? Shut up. I ate ketchup chips. Yeah, so it was not pretty. That was you. I feel right. much better now. Okay, good. That's good. why I'm uh, crushing a sub because I couldn't eat anything all day. So, again, do you? F- but it's not good to eat that much that late. You realize that, right? That's going to catch up to you after a while. No, I'm just like out. the booze will catch up to me. My uh, the guy who advises me on my workouts wants me to gain weight. He says I'm uh, need more too thin, eh? Need more weight. Oh, oh yeah. So I'm trying to do it. Acetaminophen. So all you have to do go to Sochi. 
uh, for two weeks, <laughs> you'll put on 25 pounds like we did at the Olympics. Never been fatter. Felt good about it, though. About being fat? Yeah. It was fun. All those old pictures of us? Tubby. Yeah, we look bad. We do not, we, we let ourselves go. We do not look healthy. No. No. Nothing about that country was healthy for us. Should we bring in Lisa? Let's do it. Here is the anchor of the number one rated newscast in Canada. By the way, and I'm not going to bring this up with her, but the CBC, the Corp, if you will, Dan, uh, when Peter Mansbridge, who's a good friend, we should have Peter on the show too. He's awesome. Great guy. Big fan of our show. I've never met him. He, he retires last year and they replace him with not one, not two, not three, but four anchors. Uh, so Ian Hanneman Singh, waiting in the wings, dream job. They're like, good news, Ian. You're in. Here's the bad news. You're going to have to share prompter time with three others. He's like, what What the? Wait a minute, what are you talking about? I've been doing this for 30 years. Like, I can handle it on my... Nope! Four anchors. CBC. Anyway, Lisa's destroying them every night, just crushing them. So, um, but she won't talk about that because she's too humble and too much of a yeah. class act. Um, and then the interview, um, it just essentially starts because uh, we were having such a good chat, we just turned the mics on. Here it is now. Because you don't want to have to sit through uh, 20 <laughs> minutes of us talking about Dan's trip to the library <laughs> oh, in nice. Peterborough. We actually do that. Is it true nah. that if you have a library card, you get free audiobooks? Oh, I've never listened to an audiobook. Hey, have we? We've begun. Yeah, this Lisa is Laflamme. She is this here. This started. started. Lisa Laflamme is here. Lisa, can we start off by talking about Korea? Had you <laughs> been to Korea before? And I had. Yeah, you had. Now to cover for the news. What? What? what tell us why you had been there before. I assume it was a work thing. No, unbelievably, no. the last time I was in Korea was just two years ago, and I was on my way to Myanmar. And it was Toronto, Seoul, Seoul, Yangon. Wow. So I thought, okay, I'm going to hang around in Seoul for a couple of days. Cool city. And this Very time cool. this time around, I never got to Seoul except for the airport. We were in Pyeongchang the whole time and up near the DMZ at the border with North Korea. So. Right. And we discovered where the Olympics were. We were kind of in farm country. We were in farm country. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it awesome, though? Didn't you just love that? We kind of like get Absolute. to Seoul. Oh, you got to Seoul. Got to Seoul. Got Seoul, one, is, a fabu- Seoul is a fabulous city. Yeah, yeah. it seemed Absolutely. really like modern, and ever all the young people seemed cool and hip. I was like, <laughs> I want to, I want to hang here. It seemed like it could be like the next big, you know, Asian city, like the next big city that everyone goes to. Because I never, th- like, Korea was never on my bucket list, really. No, it's a beautiful country, yeah. isn't it? But I think where we were in Pyeongchang was stunningly beautiful. Like that drive up to the mountain cluster. Yeah. Where were you guys in the mountain? We were right where you were. We were like, right I felt like you village. left, and we took your, your old condo. Oh, okay. Did you really? <laughs> well, I hope your, we cleaned it up well. <laughs> if it wasn't your specific one, Dan was bewildered by the bathrooms and the no shower yes, curtain Yes, yes, that, that yeah, does really, take some getting used yeah, to. Yeah, it was the same How about taking Russia? your shoes off when you walk in a restaurant? How'd you like that, Dan? We had to do that in our offices all the time, yes. because our driver, the guys are, are setting up sets on the roof, so they're lugging stuff down, making sure it doesn't blow away. They're having to take their shoes off while carrying this. Mm. They kind of got annoyed. But My cameraman wanted to go out and buy socks the day after we arrived because he was so embarrassed that every time he had to take his shoes off, you know, there was... uh 
a hole in a sock. <laughs> there was an emergency yeah. purchase. That's right. And you, he may or may not have expensed it. I'm you, not You certain. have to up your sock game a little bit. <laughs> you do. <laughs> country. I think in general you have to up yeah. your sock game. But, yeah. you know, that's but kind of the trend these days. CTV camera guys. That, that's not their <laughs> MO. Really. So, so how many Olympics have you been to now? Oh, my goodness. Well, I guess my first Olympics was Athens. So that was 04. Yeah. Okay. And then Beijing um, in 08. And, ev- and every one after that. So, so of all those... Which, which but you, I don't you, go you to lead, cover the sports. You so. go for the lead-up, which is very interesting. As the anchor, I go for the lead-up. Because mm-hmm. there's always, you know, if you think of Sochi, the politics surrounding... Russia had just invaded Crimea, and we we're five minutes from there. So yeah. that was fascinating to be in Sochi. This time, of course, the build-up between North Korea and Donald Trump uh, yep. and Little Rocket Man. So that made this really interesting. Interesting, um, but as a when I was a reporter for all those years, I would go for the whole shebang. Don't don't you find that at every single Olympics there's a if you go you will die scenario? And <laughs> every even well, London, <laughs> even London, they were like, you know, That's the true. London bank yeah. machines are running out of money. I'm like, London, really? You know, the it's London absolutely true. The, these are stories. Funnily enough, we don't really cover a lot of those before the world's attention is focused on any one place. And then the minute, the minute the opening ceremony starts, nobody cares about the politics. That's right. It's really, which is the right thing. All it is yeah. is about the athletes. And uh, although this one was very political throughout with the, you know, formerly known as Russia athletes and uh, right. yes, North that's Korean. True. Uh, but did you team. find, Lisa, like talking to the South Koreans, <laughs> I came back with a very different view of North Korea. Like, I don't worry about it too much anymore. And because the South Koreans were very much like, ugh, whatever. As someone described it to to us, it's like uh, an annoying neighbor. You're just like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I just deal with it. Well, it's true. I mean, this, especially where we were, Mm -hmm. half of the people in Pyeongchang are from North Korea at some point. So they know it's not, you know, they're obviously, they have a better life where they're living now in Pyeongchang, but their relatives are there. That I found very emotional when we spoke to so many people who'd been divided, their families divided, and there's that one day a year that they can maybe catch a glimpse of a grandfather over a fence. I found that very um emotional yes but uh yeah they're not stressed about it not the way the rest of the world is Um, they don't even believe the whole like what's the what's the gain for uh kim jong-un to fire off the rockets really right right (laughs) yeah so i don't know but it's very interesting last week's uh you know armored train ride to beijing it's it's all a very fascinating there was a lot of booze on the train (laughs) (laughs) that's what a lot uh, of liquor that's what i saw was being reported yeah (laughs) Um, full of booze. One thing I remember, and I know you've been asked about this a lot, but it fascinates me. You you get hired to co-anchor Canada AM with our friend, our mutual friend, Rod Black, who's just the loveliest oh, Rod, guy. Rod, yes. And you guys are so good together. But like day two, right? Day two, 9-11. Yes, like the second right. day you guys are on together, yeah. 9-11. Like, so what, like, that must have been crazy. It was really bizarre for me because, first of all, I'd been working in the Ottawa Bureau 
parliamentary correspondent. I loved covering politics. And it was a huge decision. And Rod also loved what he was doing. So it was for both of us a huge decision. Should we leave the world we knew and loved to come wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, although I'm pretty sure Rod just kind of rolled out of bed at 4.30. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say looking that too. Looking And looking like a million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I that very first day on Canada AM, I remember thinking... I'm not sure. I don't even cook in my personal life. So I wasn't sure how I was going to do it on <laughs> national television. And um, and then the very next day, I remember coming home that first day thinking, whoa, was this the right decision? And then the next day, 9-11 happens. And of course, you know exactly what to do with breaking news because that had been my whole life. Um, prior to that day and by three o'clock that afternoon I was crossing the border into the US not a soul on the interstate highway into New York City where we arrived at you know 1 30 in the morning and um, we were I did my first week of Canada AM from basically Union Square in New York City uh, when you when days. you first yeah. drove in describe that scene oh, because that's God. something no one well, we had to get out of the vehicles. First of all, the guy at the border, I'll never forget. I was with a, a young producer, and he said, where, where are you girls going? We said, we're journalists. We're going to New York City. And he just kicked into high gear, gave us perfect, perfect directions, which got us right to 14th Street, which was as close as you could get to Wall Street that night. And we got out of the car, just basically abandoned it, put sweaters over our faces, walked right down into what was still smoke and ash and bits flying all over. It was the most shocking thing. There were shoes on shoes everywhere. I remember seeing rats. I remember seeing, um, play, uh, how do you call them? Buy and sell bills, which I picked up some off the ground because I, 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 I had to see what is all this all over right. the floor, and it was in fact just buy and sell bills from, uh, you know, the various financial buildings there. It was an amazingly horrifying experience. You couldn't breathe. We were almost arrested because you know they didn't know we were journalists. We shouldn't have been down there, but you're you're drawn there. Obviously, that's why we're there. You can't even believe still that this has happened, and. Um, that the weirdest thing is we get obviously every hotel in New York City was booked solid so CTV managed to find two rooms at one of the priciest places the St Regis in New York yeah and we never slept in it for 6 days we wow. we literally worked around the clock i remember going back to the hotel just to change or you know have a shower but Nobody slept till the Saturday, so this happened on a Tuesday, and on the Saturday, it's all very vivid, as you can imagine. So you went with a, a young producer and a camera yeah. operator, and yourself. Who made the decision? Did you immediately after that first show, that that first show on the day of nine eleven, mm-hmm. did you say, "I'm going"? Yeah. Well, we sat after it was a marathon broadcast uh, before Lloyd Robertson took over at about one in the afternoon, and so at one, Rod and I and the team that had been working to try to just get any information we could we sat around in the uh, boardroom and I remember there were tears 
Some of them, I'm sure, were my own because it was the first time you could really think about the impact of what had just... We had all witnessed live on TV. Um, I remember when the second plane hit the second tower, I said out loud on live television, now we may be watching a replay here because who could have imagined it was the second tower? Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we just said... Um, I, I don't remember how it, it just... I just said we got to get... We got in a van and... We just left. Because you had been a correspondent. Yeah. Like, this is natural to you to yes. want to be there, right? And yeah. that was the other thing. I had been in conflict zones before, and I had done that kind Well, nobody had ever done that kind of thing before. Right. Nobody, because it was so horrifyingly new, um, particularly so close to home. But, um, yeah, it was just instinct. And, of course, CTV said, go. We had a team of people down there, as you can imagine. Right, And stayed. I stayed personally for eight days. And I remember clearly in the plane as it was rising over LaGuardia and seeing what was still smoldering where the trade uh, twin towers were. And there was this really sinking feeling of abandoning a story because it was so far from over and right. and then basically a few months later I ended up in in Iraq and Afghanistan and and did that for the next many years because it was where the story took us right and uh, yeah it was quite a just a still is in my mind one of the most uh, horrifying events ever to have to cover and the but- people like looking for loved ones and lining up with hairbrushes for DNA and all that. Oh, it was man. just a chilling, chilling thing. So you see events like that. You mentioned going overseas and reporting on essentially war zones. Where does it rank? Or, or do you just have a vivid memory from all these? Because you must always have these memories of things that you've mm-hmm. seen while on the job just going through your head. Mm-hmm. Well, you try not to because I think it... It's. It, I feel that having covered all this stuff for 20 years, I actually block it out i have to block a lot of it out you know especially when you're in a war zone and you see body parts and it's just very disturbing um you have to keep it in perspective why you're there why the risk is worth it and uh but you know for some reason new york city or katrina in new orleans because these are places we all go for vacation or a long weekend it it is it is just uh, what what we saw in Katrina for the hurricane and the bodies on the overpass and all that. It, it sticks with you in a completely different way because it's familiar territory anyway than if you're in Baghdad or in Kandahar where you didn't know those places before. And now all of a sudden a place like New Orleans that you loved so well or New York City. I cannot go back to either of those places now without thinking right away like literally within the first five minutes it still goes through my mind on some level um what these two those two cities have been through but going back you must also look at it and say wow look how much it's changed look how the Mm. improvements they've done well i don't know in new orleans the improvements i mean it definitely changed the makeup of that city yeah. it changed the whole neighborhoods were gone and but the, seeing new york rebuild yeah absolutely i mean i am gonna quote the, quote quote the great song i love new york so <laughs> i was always um moved by what happened to new yorkers and new york after that i always think there was that lingering love of lovable people there but it really emerged after what happened that that day 
Um, and to see the, you know, subsequently the rebuilding. I've been back now. I'm sure you've seen what they've yep. done. And it's, it's, it's so powerful, that whole area, you know. For you, uh, having done the national news now for a few years, do you miss it? Do you miss being on the road? I know you go out on the road, obviously, a lot. But do you Um, miss being out on the road all the time? uh, It depends on the story. I I mean, obviously, um, you know, I I think about the, you know, what's happening in Bangladesh on the border right now with the Rohingya refugees. And I, I I would like to be there to tell those stories. Certain things draw me, and it, it always seems to be those kinds of things that I feel, uh, you know, I'd like to be in the Congo right now covering what's going on there. They don't really crack the news cycle uh, as much as they should. And I do miss stuff like that. It totally depends on the story, though, because I do love having this sort of hybrid job. Mainly, I'm in a studio now framing all of the stories of the day, which is really interesting. Uh, and, you know, for major stuff, we do go. Whenever there's a major event, we do cover it. You so. guys go to a lot of stuff. We do. Yeah. I mean, the next one, though, is is actually a huge departure, and it's the royal wedding. So right. it's a good news yeah. story, I hope. <laughs> it's fascinating, though, like, because we were in the States for a few years, and so like, I was talking to Spring, our makeup artist, that we only uh, get... We only get spring services because she's here. Isn't she the best? She's the best human ever. (laughs) She is makeup artist, therapist, uh, production assistant. (laughs) She's She's got it all. She lined up this interview. (laughs) She did. She did. I always say she should be my manager. But she, you know, she reminded me. Oh, she said, oh, well, Lisa and I are going over for the royal wedding. I was like, man, when we were in the States, like the concept of, and I know the morning shows are going over there, but we love the royals. Like we do, right? Yeah. We are part of the Commonwealth. Well, and, exactly. They're right? our royal it's, family. It's, it's, they are our royal mm. family. But I kind of forgot about you. <laughs> like you Plus, I love Harry. I mean, we had the great fortune of going last year to Kensington Palace to interview in the le- him in the lead up to Invictus. Right. Like right. that movement is something. I think Canadians, we're a military country. We believe in Invictus. We believe in the rehabilitation of our troops. And Harry, you know, and he's pretty open. He says it was actually an American who thought of the idea first. And he had the high profile and he's turned it into this incredible thing. So um, I also... We wouldn't just go for any royal wedding. Right. You know, we're not going over for Eugenie's royal wedding. <laughs> be it, sorry, Princess B. <laughs> sorry, is it B? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the other one, but anyway. I don't know who's getting married um, these days over there. You have to deliver the news to a nation. Uh, if you have a hard out time, we can let you go My whenever. hard out is coming up. So okay, you know. okay. Okay. Um, I had a question I wanted to ask, um, so I'm going to ask it now. Uh, when you're at dinner parties and stuff, or you're out and about, does everyone just want to talk about the news? And do you want to like talk about Seinfeld or Family uh, Guy? And you're like, I just don't want to. I don't want to right now. It's interesting because I we've just come off the Easter holiday, so I was in my hometown, and and it's true that Kitchener, right? In Kitchener, yeah. yes. And uh, it's true that everybody wants to talk about Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> oh right! But of you course. guys must get that as well, having come out of the U.S. Well, everyone uh, thinks we left because we were because deported. Of Trump, yeah. <laughs> but I think that when you were deported, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say that is the number one topic people talk to me about as if i have some insight into the you know um whiplash that unfolds in the white house these days but when uh, it was that night that <laughs> night at what point of that night were you like oh i can't this guy's i was just thinking win. about i was just thinking i was in florida a few weeks ago and i was thinking 
wow, it was when he won Florida, there were even exactly. people going, well, there's still <laughs> if he gets Wisconsin or if he loses Wisconsin and this, there are still people saying there's a there is a path to victory yep. uh, that I'll doesn't include that. Donald Trump. Um, but what a fascinating year it's been. I, I mean, you could not you couldn't if you wrote a script that looked like this nobody would believe it they'd just say this is just crazy the next day i was at my therapist and i broke down <laughs> i was i broke down i said i went to bed i, I put my girls to bed saying you're going to wake up to the first female president wow. in, and they had told me they said mm-hmm. this man running against her is horrible like they even knew and then I had to break it to them. Yeah, it, it was shocking. I mean, that and Brexit. I remember Brexit. We didn't get home. I think I got home at six o'clock in the morning or something because of the time difference. It was all night. We waited all night for these. And I remember getting home thinking, wait a minute, this this just happened. And it was the same feeling I had with the it's with Trump. the U.S. election. Yeah. It's fascinating as as a journalist. It's an amazing story to cover. Absolutely. Uh, you have no idea where it's going next. And uh, we all just sort of, uh, well, we don't sit back and watch, but we look at the things that have developed out of this, the whole concept of fake news and hoping that the viewer and the reader and the listener ha- is more discerning to know the difference between what is real and what is but fake. But you, you must want to go one day and say, I don't want to report on but it's made a career out of Stephen Colbert's Capitalized it, because yeah. he's got material every single night. It, it's absolutely Are you true. the opposite? You're like, I just want one day. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. It, it dep- <laughs> like the NAFTA, so stu- the NAFTA stuff, I've got, I'm not going to lie to you. It gets oh, pretty yeah, complicated. Trying to yeah. understand, alright, now who's saying it's going the deal's dead who's saying the deal's going to survive you know we have to every day about five times a day the story can change now Sometimes we just put the word Trump in the lineup and we will know by 10 o'clock. Wait what. for the tweets. <laughs> did you see Wait the video the today? Him with the Easter bunny? He's just standing yeah. there. I and just I stared at the body. I found out that was a former military guy and I was thinking, <laughs> I bet he was thrilled to be incognito. Oh, yeah. Very quickly, before we let you go, uh, favorite interview you've ever done and yes. person wow. you haven't interviewed oh, but would goodness. like to interview. Okay, I would love to interview the Queen. Mm, I would yeah. absolutely love to interview the Queen. I think she has one of the richest, and I don't mean that financially, although she has that too. She's got that. Uh, but the backstory. Oh my God. Love. Yeah. I just, you know, she is like one of the first strong women. Uh, favorite interview is really tough. Wow. That's so hard. I can never come up with an answer yeah. because That's like every interview has. <laughs> some, no, but every interview has something, hopefully, that you take away from it. Um, so I don't know. Was well, there one how that surprised you? Is there one that you were like, "Wow, I didn't, I didn't expect yeah, that from that person." I'm always uh, yes. I'm. I am. I would say I'm. I'm surprised a lot, <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is a good thing. Good. You do good your thing. research so much, you know, to within an inch of your life yeah. before you do an interview. So, so the then it becomes then. a conversation and all of a sudden something, oh, there's a new piece of information. And I always think, okay, great. I was able to expose something that wasn't in all the research that I've done. So um, I'm terrible at, at being able to pull out a... a How about the... Of, was there one person where... You always read in books, you're like, when this person entered a room, it just... Everyone was drawn to this person. Is there anyone like that where they walked into the interview room and you're just like, Ugh, that, that's him. Or, or her. her. Or her, yeah. There are, but I, I know this sounds ridiculous, but I can't... 
Like Obama? Did you ever interview Obama? I was Obama? in the same room with Obama. I threw a question at him at a G7 summit, but I never sat down across okay. from him. I always wanted to do that also, mm-hmm. actually. The same with his wife. I'd love to interview yeah. her. Yeah. Um, My daughters want her to run for president real bad. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> that's going to happen no. either. No. no chance. Yeah. She's done with that. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't process it that that way things like I, I could probably come up with a lot of negative things but i don't want to bring the podcast down yeah. oh, no, no. Well, we do that on, pod- leave on a yeah. high note. <laughs> yeah. we, i'm trying to be really optimistic guys. you, you are going to be it. a hit with uh, the podcast <laughs> listeners and yeah. we always know because immediately people say she needs to be back and we want to hear more wow. and yeah. we're going to well, hear that go. a lot so this was well amazing. i'm a big fan of the podcast so it's great to be here and thank you very much it's uh it's great having you i don't know if sarita is waiting for you outside I hope the she's going to take me back yeah you have to find warren Yes. No, yeah. I drop popcorn to get to your <laughs> fancy studio. You know, the newsroom looks like it's, you know, as it was in 1964. <laughs> and you guys have all these flashing lights. Oh, and, I don't know. Yeah, you look close, though. It need, look, look at the dust this here. This thing hasn't been yeah. cleaned since, uh, well, since Rod Black was here. Oh, just, I love Rod. Yeah. Have he, has he been on the podcast? Chris you know, is straight know, out there. Has Rod ever been on the podcast? No, I don't not. think Rod's been on the podcast. Oh. He's too busy, you know, with his 12 children and Markham taking them to different activities. <laughs> so Sarita's not here. Sarita, I'll, I'll find, honestly, Can you find I will way find by? my way back, guys. Thank you very okay. much. Okay, Lisa, thank right. you so it's much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Lisa. There you go. That's it. That's, uh... She was awesome. Lisa, Flum, I, we, she'll be back, because I want to get more stories. I want to know how the heck she starts in Kitchener and ends up where she is now. Like, that's, like, and the, the places, she hasn't, she never even brushed the, uh, surface. Brush the surface? Touch the surface? Scratched? Scratch the surface. <laughs> Brushed. I was delighted by that exchange. That was Christoph's favorite part of the podcast, right? There. She isn't even brushing brush the, the surface. <laughs> the Dan O'Toole story. I had to brush the surface. Got a new bench by a window. I had to paint it. Um, anyway, she she has not even gotten into the places that, uh, that she's been. She'll be back. Yeah, she... Um, you know, like her whole career was based on being a correspondent and often a foreign correspondent. And so, yeah, I, I think it must have been a pretty tough decision for her to to finally do the national news. But I think she does a terrific job of it. And she she really is. And this is one thing we didn't get to talk to her about. And again, this is a good reason, as you said, to have her back. She, the times we've seen her on the road, like she's fun like she's a, a right. fun person i don't know if that comes across enough on television she is super fun just to hang around with to talk to everyone loves her um yeah it's very awesome. rare in our industry to run into a person that acts like a tv person and you're thinking well she's a national she must walk around like she's out no no she's she's awesome she's just like she is here except for you when you first arrived here from Vancouver, you were very much like, Hello, I'm Dan. I've just arrived from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Where's all the skiing? And the surfing and such? I rollerbladed to my workplace every day. Mm-hmm. And thanks to all our new listeners, the Newsies. Welcome on board. <laughs> the Newsies. Is that, but if you're a news junkie, I always hear people say, I'm a news junkie. Is that a newsie? That's not a newsie, is it? But I like that term for a news junkie. What is a newsie? Is that the person who delivered newspapers? Yeah. Um, I get my news from Alexa every morning. I said, Alexa, give me the news. 
So now the kids, they know the, because they use CBC for the Alexa news. So it does the dun, 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 the start of all their news. Oh, okay. Updates. So yeah. That's ingredient. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Go on. <laughs> How do we get the CTV news updates to replace the CBC on Alexa? Couldn't you... And there's no Couldn't sports. you stream it? Couldn't Here. you Bluetooth stream it? Amazon, folks. Guys, I know you're listening. You have no... Bezos, s- I know you're listening. You have no sports updates. If you say, Alexa, give me a sports update, they're like, Not Toronto Blue Jays. What One. is sports? One, five to four. That I, is your sports... They give you the Jays score. I don't know what sports are. So... You need a sport. If you say, give me a sports update, it should be Jay and Dan giving a, a quick recap. There you go, Amazon. I'm sure Bezos, as we speak, is making some calls. <laughs> I just heard a podcast from Canada. It's really popular. Now get the f- on this now. But Jeff, I, I was just about to go out to dinner. F- dinner. Dan wants the CTV news on Alexa. And. Our update. There goes your sub. All done. One podcast, one sub. Well, this has been a blast, I have to say. Um, what a terrific time. Yeah, let's go do a TV show. Oh, oh can we do one? Christoph, can you surprise us with a TV theme vault? You pick it. I miss those. Our guests on Just the show one. tonight, uh, a couple members of um, the Super Trooper movie. Yeah, they're doing a sequel, finally. So that's going to be cool. It's crowdfunded. Um, I remember watching that movie for the first time, the opening sequence of that film. Is that where they're uh, in the middle of the highway and the guys are just stoned out of their minds? I believe so. Um, yeah, and yeah. the and the and the one super trooper pretends to be the guy that they're chasing, and he and the end it ends with him saying, "You boys like Mexico," and he kidnaps the the two stoners and drives off with them. And that and then you see the opening title, so good. Yes. This is a classic. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches seeds, just like flies. Look okay. out, here comes a Spider-Man. This is something by, what, Johnny Nash or something like that? He never seemed, he didn't sound like a man to me. Um, speaking of, uh... Sounded like a woman. TV shows. Am I allowed to say that in this day and age? I don't know. Tried to get the girls to watch ALF. Started season Spider-Man, one, the episode one. The, the kid's not big ALF fans. Uh, the guy who played Willie is like, it's an ALF. A- alien life form. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, do you remember he ended up being like a big drug addict or something? I don't know that, but uh, I, I do know so. the mom in that show is Jerry Seinfeld's mom on Seinfeld. Oh, uh, no, no, not the mom. The uh, Mrs. Ockmonic, right? She was Mrs. Ockmonic nope. from next door. Nope, the mom. What? She was too young. I thought the. I thought. Sorry, he's a grandmother. Or no, Mrs. Ockmonic. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. But because uh, I remember her being on that show, and they but yes, they had it to was hide. Mrs. Ockmonic. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched it. <laughs> oh God. Is this a product of those ketchup chips? Uh, Old man toolsy. <laughs> Possibly. Didn't they have to? <laughs> Uh, didn't he have to hide in the kitchen whenever Miss, Mrs. Ockmonic would come over? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The thing we couldn't figure out was that his spaceship crashed into the garage. No neighbors see this and report hey, it. Hey, it was like, a different time. It's hanging off the roof of the garage. There was before social media. Couldn't get that information out as quickly. And then they could hide it. Right now on uh, 
TSN 4, the Philadelphia Flyers, and Cooper Alls. Oh, Kenny Reggett just got scored on there. God, I, I had Cooper Alls in minor hockey. Bring those babies back. They made sense. It was one of those things that makes more sense than what they wear now. If you stop sliding, though, you slid till the end of the ice. And yeah, that made the game sense. fun. Like you fall down. You're like, See you guys. I'll be back in a bit. You know what? You know all the track pants, the cool hip track pants everyone's wearing on on the airplanes now and oh stuff. God. That that's what Cooperalls looked like. They were like way ahead of their time. Anyway, all right, guys. Uh, this has been great. I'm really glad that you could join myself, Dan, and Kristoff here on the Jay and Dan podcast, presented by Coors Light. Coors Light, the Silver Bullet, brewed cold, filtered cold, packaged cold. Freezing, and it's good. Yeah. They're going home. The Jay and Dan Podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light.